This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. And welcome back to the Player 3 Podcast Season 2. My name is Blake Williams, and as always, I am your host, and I am, as always, joined by my fellow co-hosts, Jared and Tad. And ladies and gentlemen, it's been a while since we've last talked to you. Since uh, December, right? I think so, yeah. Since December. Yeah, early Very December. early December. And um, there's been a lot of news that's happened, and there's going to be a lot of things we're going to be talking about in this here episode of the Player 3 Podcast. So without any further ado, let's just jump into it. <laughs> yes, there it is. <laughs> um, so I'm going to start us off today. Uh, big bit of news, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, I'm sure a few of you have heard of Horizon Zero Dawn. Any of the PlayStation folks out in the audience are going to have heard of Horizon Zero Dawn. Huge game, very popular on... Uh, PlayStation, very ambitious for the yeah. PS4, and apparently there has been uh, three anonymous sources associated with Sony who refuse to have their names taken down because they're technically not supposed to talk to the media. Mm. Ooh. They have leaked um, the idea that Horizon Zero Dawn is coming to PC. That's not good <laughs> for um, Sony, in my opinion. I think it is a good idea because I think PCs are going to actually be able to, you know, take advantage. Oh, no, totally, yeah. Of the game because it only it was locked at 30 FPS on console. Yep. But you know these people out here with 2080s, <coughs> these people out here <laughs> with 2080s um, right. are going to be able to run that game probably at least at 60, 60 FPS, if Maybe. not higher. You know. Um, I'm just so, saying. I'm just saying from Sony's perspective, like, did they're going to lose exclusives? So that's like, oh, okay, interesting, right? There's actually, I, I don't know, it, do exclusives really help a console, or would you rather just sell it on multiple platforms and sell more copies? I think that's that's one of the big things that, as we're moving into the future, uh, we really have to consider because um, Xbox, I think they're moving to not having exclusives. You can play any Xbox game on Windows. Mm-hmm. On but, but Xbox actually bought a Xbox. ton of companies this year. Yeah, that's true. So they're they're Microsoft trying to get a better expanding. library. But my point is, I own three copies of GTA, three sixty one and PC, yep. and now Windows or Microsoft is actually trying to get people to code on what's called UWP. It's Universal Windows Platform. Yeah, and it's a coding structure that um, I'm not sure if it's a language or what. Um, I don't want to sound ignorant, but uh, it's a coding format that is universal to any windows device so windows phone uh windows 10 and your xbox and a bunch of other things including iot smart home stuff like that so i think that that's why microsoft's moving away from exclusives is because they want to push the universal windows platform but i'm wondering is this a good move for sony um i think right now i think it will be a good good move for sony because i think exclusives um are bad for the consumer and I think now as we're moving into an era where um, PC gaming and there's a lot more cross-platform play, 
Um, people don't necessarily want exclusives as much. I think what people want is a good console that they like to use, that is enjoyable to use, and that they can play games with their friends on, even if those friends are on PC or on Xbox or on mobile. Have people ever wanted exclusives, though? I think there was a period of time when exclusives did sell consoles. I, I, I think, think they Oh, did. they definitely I, I, sell I mean, consoles. They still sell for, yeah, they sell yeah. consoles. Yeah, but for sure. do people want that? I'd much I, rather have it not locked down. I, I would like, choose. yeah, I, I like my, I, I'm a PlayStation guy because I like the exclusive that PlayStation offers, mm-hmm. but like to have it everywhere would be great. You know? I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. providing more options to the customers is pretty much always more satisfactory. Though. But how do you Indeed. sell a, how, how do you, do you sell, sell your console? console? Yep. Right. Yeah. Cause then you have to sell your console on hardware. You have to sell your console With on a gimmick, like switch. <laughs> yeah. If it has a gimmick, um, if it has a more friendly user interface, you have to sell it as a multimedia console, like which what they X- tried to do with Xbox one, which they could have won. If you think if they, if that swapped now, they might be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this means that um, a lot of Sony games will probably start to go cross platform? Or do you think it's just one? There's game? been some theorization that that might happen. I would certainly like to see that happen. I think they'll probably start with some of their older games. So we probably won't see games like Death Stranding come to PC for a little bit. Well, yeah, that's. I think it is already in the process, though. Like, you know, you said Death Stranding, but um, yeah. eventually when I get to my Final Fantasy VII remake, that is, it's, it was shown box art first on PlayStation. So it's not just going to be a PlayStation game. Mm-hmm. It's For maybe a year, it's going to be a PlayStation exclusive. Yeah. But it's going to change over. I That's think awesome. that might be the big thing that we're seeing is limited time exclusives. Yeah. I think we might see games basically be like, for the first year, this is going mm-hmm. to be a PlayStation exclusive or an Xbox exclusive. And then after that year is over, they're going to release that to other platforms. That's kind of the Rockstar business model, actually. Mm-hmm. I noticed that Rockstar, they always release two consoles first. So Red Dead, Redemption, Red Dead Redemption 2 was released on consoles first, and then about a year later they brought it out for PC. And I think that's kind of genius from a business standpoint, but eventually we're going to get wise to it and stop buying it for console because it's going to come out for console and they're going to say it's never going to have a PC release and then everyone's going to buy it for console and then it'll have its PC release and then yeah. everyone buys it a second time. I mean, you get two waves of that Definitely. initial sell on your game and so I think if we see them move toward the Rockstar business model, that might not be great, but eventually we'll just get wise to it and yeah. stop buying them. And that's why maybe Microsoft's taking this great route because that mm-hmm. compatibility, and that means like, oh, I'll buy it early and then mm-hmm. I'll have it ready for my PC later. You know? Yeah. Are consoles just going to become early access? Oh, I, God. Ooh. Like, honestly. I don't think they will. I don't, I don't think, think they, they will, will either. Because... Um, Cloud is the future, guys. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Stadia. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't think they will because... They're different experiences, and I think a lot of people, um, a lot of you know, console gamers don't necessarily want a PC because it is such a different experience, and they like the casual experience of playing on an Xbox or on a Switch or on a, on a PlayStation. And then I also think a lot of PC players don't want to play on console because they don't like the fact that the controls are definitely clunkier. Most of the time. Well, I mean, it's the same thing, but in yeah. reverse. It's just yeah. not what you want. It's not what you exactly. want. I don't want to play a shooter on my console. That's for yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. So I think we might even see, like, this game released first on PC mm-hmm. only. And then about a year later, they'll do the Rockstar and move it to console. So maybe we'll start mm-hmm. seeing more of the of it being released on whatever it's good on, quote-unquote, and, and then, then a port, and then a port yeah. to whatever else. Sort of like uh, with Minecraft. Minecraft has been around for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, game of the decade because uh, it defined the decade. It's it awesome. certainly it, it defines so and, many things. 
Uh, Minecraft came out in 2009 oh, man, um, I on PC only. And it was PC only for a good while until Pocket Edition came out um, for mobile. And Pocket Edition basically just was like, here's a whole new wave of hype for uh, Minecraft. And then they're like, hey, what if we did this? but for consoles. And then they did it for consoles, and then consoles was this brand new wave of hype. And then they released Bedrock Edition, which unified consoles and uh, Pocket Edition, and they added Bedrock Edition to PC. Mm-hmm. So Minecraft has been doing this whole sequential release thing that I think we might see other uh, companies start to do, not necessarily as slowly as Minecraft did, because I don't think Pocket Edition came out until, what, four or five years later? Um, but... I think we might start seeing something like that happen. True. Anyway, next news. We talked about Horizon Zero Dawn and console exclusives and PC exclusives for a while. Ladies and gentlemen, I have some bad news. Everyone's favorite Keanu Reeves video game, Cyberpunk 2077, has been delayed. So CD Projekt Red, who is the company that is developing the game... um, Put out an announcement recently saying, basically saying, we can't release this by April 16th. April 16th was was, was when it was originally slated to release, um, but now it's being delayed back to September 17th um, on account of the fact that they just don't have enough time to finish it up. Uh, I personally think this is a great thing. So do I. Because I would rather have um, the game be released late but be fantastic or at least good than have the game pull a Fallout 76 and release on time but be unplayable, be not fun, be buggy, you know. That's me personally. Yeah, definitely. And I know there's a lot of backlash on Twitter and stuff like that about the game being delayed, but I think that we just have to look at this uh, in the best light possible and realize that if we're going to delay it, then we might as well, because putting out a game that's half as good that took, you know, half the time to make is not as good as the full game. Yeah. And it's going to make people disappointed about the game. And so that initial hype train of a game release is so important that it's really going to be rough if you damage it by yep. giving them Definitely. a half-baked ga- uh, game. Jay's two cents actually tweeted out about this. Um, and he actually said that, uh, Everyone should quit being babies about it. Uh, he said specifically, people complain about the rushed games and throw fits. CD Projekt Red delays Cyberpunk 2077, and people are now apparently mad and saying that they won't buy it now. Which I think is stupid. Yeah. Um, like, do you want a good product? Yeah. Like, do you yeah. want something good? The hype train is so big. Uh, look at No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky Love that was video. hyped up to be an mm-hmm. amazing game. Um, and you're talking about the internet historian yes, that, video. Mm, that was so great. Um, I'm going to channel actually a little bit further back to my, uh, one of my mm-hmm. new favorite YouTubers, a uh, guy by the name of Shammy, who has made three different videos on No Man's Sky. He's made three different videos on No Man's Sky. He's yeah. talked about No Man's Sky an infinite amount of times. Um, um, and now he's said he's not making any more videos on No Man's Sky. Good for you, Shammy. Um, but No Man's Sky was hyped Oh, insanely. It was there was so much hype around this game. The hype train was moving at 70 miles an hour uh, in a straight line. But the studio wasn't really prepared to release it. They didn't really have the ability. And what came out was a broken, unfun, unfinished game 
even after they delayed it a little bit. But they yeah. only delayed it a month. CD Projekt Red is delaying half a year. Yeah, you know? just yeah. about. But I think if CD Projekt Red was like, oh, we, you know, it's not finished, so we're going to move it from April to May. And then they released a game that was Still maybe not big. as broken as No Man's Sky was, but not, you know, not as good as the hype trade wanted to be. No matter how much work they put into it after, like No Man's Sky has had so many updates and so much work done to it to make the game better, but it still has this horrible reputation as being not a good game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's yeah. incredibly important to protect that hype train leading up to exactly. the release. Uh-huh. And so I completely support them in a decision. Yeah, it, it really sucks that they had to delay the game. But yeah. at the end of the day, I would much rather they do that. Uh, and make the game ten times better than try and release it half baked. Yeah. This is long term, you know. It's a long term investment. Exactly. Like, you yeah. Don't want to just. This is supposed to be yeah. one of the like defining games of twenty nine or of twenty twenty. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is supposed to be such a defining game of even this century, maybe because of how much hype they've released around it. So, giving us something half baked would literally make yeah. a No Man's it's, Sky clone. Exactly. Yeah, because No Man's Sky was originally supposed to be you know, the defining game of the 2010s. And now Cyberpunk 2077 is kind of supposed to be the defining game of the 2020s. And if we see Cyberpunk, you know, if they hadn't delayed it and they'd released it on April 16th in a broken, unfinished state, we would have just seen another No Man's Sky with people getting, you know, so much disappointment, you know, the studio receiving death threats. And then finally getting a good game at the end of the century. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. End of the decade. It's like... No, let's make it good now. Then Planet yeah. Side 3 comes in and becomes the defining game of the 3. decade. Uh, I can't moment. wait for Planet Side <laughs> 3 in 2030. Um, I have another bit of PC news to talk about, and then I have a little bit of tabletop news because I haven't forgotten about you, my tabletop friends. Um, but Halo Master Chief Collection came out all the way back in November, and I never had a time to talk about it. Um, and so... I'm going to talk about it now. Halo Halo Reach launched uh, with the Master Chief Collection on PC. We are going to be seeing um, Combat Evolved sometime this year. But Halo Reach is, to this day, my favorite Halo game. It was, you know, the first one I ever really got into and really enjoyed. And I can still remember, you know, sitting on the couch trying to stretch the the corded Xbox controller back to the couch. And so having to, like, sit on the front of the couch... Um, you know, in front of that Xbox 360, playing Halo Reach and loving it. It has one of the best stories of any first-person shooter I've ever played. Great story. And the PC release, I was so worried that it wasn't going to feel good to play. Because we've seen a lot of times you port, you know, a console game to PC. Or even just try and re-release well. a game and it doesn't, yeah. they don't update yeah. it to new how new games feel. But right. I think they did a good job oh at God. making it feel new while mm-hmm. still being original. Halo Reach, to me, feel, like, this is the way you do a remaster. This is the way you do a re-release. Because it feels like how I felt Halo Reach play. Yep. Because it doesn't play like Halo Reach used to play. It plays much smoother. It plays much better. It looks much better. But it feels so good. Yeah, it's a textbook re-release. Honestly, oh, yeah. they did it so well. I've played through it twice. Uh, one, <laughs> well, yeah. one on normal difficulty, and then one on that hard, the hardcore mm-hmm. difficulty. Um, Which we still need to do a multiplayer run through together. We do. Yeah. So yeah, it, honestly, I'm so down to play that game again. And the multiplayer still just as fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's so much wacky, you know, fun adventures to have in that game. It's just great. Oh, yeah. 
It I, is I such a good game. game. Yeah, so that... It's a brief segment, but if I really talked as much as I wanted to about <laughs> Master Chief Collection, <laughs> Halo Reach, we would be here for the rest of the I wouldn't have my weekend. <laughs> so I'm going to move on right now before I get too carried away and talk about my tabletop news. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, have you guys heard of it? Have you two gentlemen heard of a t- little D&D show called Critical Role? Yes. I have not. Always the pro... No, never mind. I've heard of it. You've heard of it? Yeah, but okay. for this, I remember Pro Jared is one of these channels on some on something. Pro Jared was not in Critical Okay, role. he was in something <laughs> D&D related. He was on the official channel, I remember that. He, he Pro Jared has played D&D. He is not associated with Critical Role. Okay, I'm just pretty sure. Um, Critical Role is the biggest <laughs> D&D stream in existence. It takes place in a completely home uh, homebrewed world. It contains famous voice actors. Oh, um, cool. Travis Willingham. Uh, Laura Bailey, um, Liam O'Brien, and the dungeon master of it is perhaps the most famous voice actor, and also my favorite cowboy, Matt Mercer. Oh my god. Yes. Nice. So Matt Mercer has created this massive homebrew world um, called Wildmount, Exandria, Tal'Dorei, you know, and... He is working with Wizards of the Coast, or has worked with Wizards of the Coast. That's cool. Um, who are yeah. the publishers of D&D, what? to release an official, official D&D supplement called um, The Explorer's Guide to Wildmount. Huh. So It's all Matt Mercer-based. Yeah. It, it's Matt Mercer's <laughs> work. It's, yeah. Matt Mercer's <laughs> fan fiction came um, to life. Sort of. Oh my God. Sort of. That's it's awesome. joined the official D&D universe. Um, the last time this happened was when Eberron joined um, D&D, which happened, I think, all the way back in the 90s. And we haven't had a setting join D&D from outside since then. So this is huge. This is amazing. It adds all sorts of fun new stuff. I mean, it adds this entire continent. It adds um, four or five different like adventures that you to start your campaign with. It adds three new subclasses. It adds an entirely new um, s- sort of magic way of using magic, rather. It's not really a school of magic, but it's mm. a way of using magic called Dunamancy, right? Mm. Um, what do you guys think Dunamancy is? Not a clue. I'm sand? Uh, sorry to Google it. Sand? Dune? I will tell you. Uh, it's not sand. Okay. It's not dealing with sand. It is dealing with three things. It is dealing with gravity... It is dealing with time, and it is dealing with alternate realities. Okay, why? Okay. So it's okay. some super like meta magic. It's super cool. There's like um, there's one that's like a line based gravity spell that like sucks all the enemies into the line before doing damage to them. I want to play Rick and Morty Dunamancy. Oh my god. Matt Mercer's canon. But this is huge. Uh, the book comes out. Um, I actually don't remember when the book comes out, but it's coming out eventually. Cool. I'm just hyped for this book. Like, like within I'm a, a couple weeks, within a couple months, or within um, a couple probably years? within a couple months. Okay, that's cool though. Like, just having a you know celebrity like that have his own yeah. like him kind of connecting, yeah. you know, with yeah. the people, you know, a voice yeah. actor like that. That's really super cool. cool. Super cool. Jared, what do you got? Um, what I got, um, I just got my standard dumb hype stuff. I guess you could call it. Um. I love Smash Brothers, so I always talk about this. But um, yep. so well, let me start this out. So speculation for the last DLC fighter has been like rampant online. Who's so? There's a DLC pack, one to five characters. The last one was gonna uh, um, was announced to come out. 
essentially. Um, and we were all wondering when. So um, Nintendo has this history of doing directs that show when something will come out. And whenever there's a Pokemon direct next week, there's going to be a, um, a direct about Nintendo or something. Um, right. not, not just Pokemon. So what happened was, um, but before we even knew about direct happening, um, there was this um, post from Devil May Cry. Um, I, I love that series, by the way. They've been porting their original titles to the Switch. Gotcha. Um, so one, two, and three. Three is going to come out, but they had a special announcement. They said, guys, on these dates, um, we're going to release, uh, have some more information about this port. It's going to be different from all the other ports of Devil May Cry. So they're making this Devil May Cry 3 port better than any other port they did. And, and it was like, oh my gosh, what's it going to be? And, but they had several dates. Like, how much can you add to this old you know, PlayStation 2 game mm-hmm. and port it? Mm-hmm. And there was some screenshots leak where it can switch styles, which all the other ones do, which is a whole other conversation, but really cool. But everyone's like, wait, this is a Smash Brothers thing because that time announced would later match up when, when the Smash Bros. announcement was going to be. Oh, okay. So everyone's freaking out, like, oh my god, we want Dante in. It's all connected. It's all connected. And also, oh, yeah. even the it's director of Smash Brothers was like... Oh, yeah. I mean, sorry, even the director of... Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I saw that everywhere. Um, but even the director of um, Devil May Cry, he said like, years ago, a couple of years ago, he said, like, yeah, Dante couldn't be in Smash because his game's aren't on the Switch. Someone should get on that. And we're already like, okay, so what's Ooh. happening here? What's happening? So everyone's like, okay, here, and everyone like was like, okay, he's here. And Sakurai even posting his image about it's going to happen had a three, so it's like definitely Cry three. That's the game. <gasps> it's like, so I, I woke up. This footage of me, I, I record myself because I was super hyped for Dante. Okay, I woke up early. I was gonna see Dante and Smash Brothers. Send that to me. I'll put it on the Instagram. By the way, follow us on Instagram. I saw it. Okay, and then I was so hyped, and then all of a sudden, it was a Fire Emblem character. Okay, so here, here's the thing. Okay, a Fire Emblem character. We have eight of the eight of those now. <laughs> That's a lot. We they, have eight eight Fire Emblem characters in Smash Brothers. Oh my god! No one, no one wanted this <laughs> except for Fire Emblem. Nobody fans. was asking for this. No one, it except, for like, Kyle. except for Kyle. Yeah, Kyle. <laughs> except for Kyle. Except for Kyle. Kyle's got to be hype. He is, and I'm like, dude, it's boring. <laughs> but um, the thing is, um. Yeah, everyone was just upset. Like I see, you see reactions online, everyone's just upset. Oh no! Everyone is just like, "Are you serious?" Because um, it was a blatant advertisement for the DLC for the game, and I was like, "Come on!" Yikes! And the and the the fighters pass that came out. Every character in that fighters pass, except for Byleth, the one who was announced, was incredible. You got like Terry from the old SNK games, from old Street Fighter, um, this kind of Street Fighter clone thing. Oh, spinoff thing. And then you had um, Joker from Persona 5, which is like random. Banjo-Kazooie came back. He lives in a society. Exactly. <laughs> but all these third-party, amazing, historic characters got in. And then a character that just was released last year is a character in this. I'm kind of disappointed they didn't add uh, Doom Guy. Well, here's your chance, though. The only thing that redeemed this thing was that they announced, okay, Sakura was like, um, we, we have an update. We're going to do more DLC fighters. And he says, I thought, I thought, and he's like, let's go into that and then they show a little presentation and they're like one two three four five six and it's like yeah we're doing six this time now for t- in two years so there's gonna be six more characters now after the five that okay. just came out and then they're gonna announce after the sixth one comes out more, guess what guys we're doing seven we're doing seven <laughs> we're fire doing seven seven more. fire emblem characters yeah but we're releasing the entire cast of fire emblem one <laughs> basically everyone's mad because like yeah wow like we yeah, got that cool announcement but like after the stupid coincidences of Dante and Devil mm-hmm. May Cry, everyone was like super hype. A lot, I was, a lot of people were. 
and we're just mad. I want the Dragonborn from Skyrim, because Skyrim's on the Switch. Skyrim, yeah, you're right. We could get Dragonborn. Let's get the Dragonborn from Skyrim. Bethesda has been talking about Doomguy, I think. Really? I think, I really think Doomguy's a possibility. Oh, I'd love to see that. I love Doomguy. I would love to see that. He's on my list. But other than that, that was the big hype thing that happened recently, and everyone was mad about. I hate when something comes out, and companies are so excited to unveil it to people, and it is something they're working on pretty hard. Yeah, and then everyone just hates it. I know, like it hurts like, the community. I don't want to. I don't want to be mad bad. about it, but like I feel bad for him too. Like I don't want to be like. Hey, you don't want to be that guy. I, but you you released it in such a bad way. Like, like who, where was the communication there about the Devil May Cry thing? There like, are so many people on their PR team. Yeah. One of them had to have said, "Like who like, didn't think of this? Don't you don't don't do this." Yeah. <laughs> don't. yeah. So it just it, it kind of sucks. I hate it because I I see communities get mad at their creators, yeah. and it feels like it really just tears a community in half for a little while. And so I hate to see it, it's but bad. come yeah. on, it's like, it's the Bethesda thing because Bethesda, to this day, is my favorite game studio, despite the fact that <laughs> Bethesda. You know, yeah. they release broken games a lot, but that's okay because the story of the games is fantastic. And then they released Fallout seventy six. Yeah, no, when they it's forgot like, the story, it just would fell you apart. like a broken game without a story? <laughs> and everyone in the community said, "No, no." <laughs> and Bethesda said, "Would you like some DLC?" And everyone in the community said, "Kinda." <laughs> maybe <laughs> we'll think about it um but other than that um that happened six more characters i'm giving hope for dante i think it's still a possibility other news though um uh square enix you know the guys who make the final fantasy series i've heard like, of them yes they uh they announced uh, at the same time that they're delaying uh final fantasy 7 remake which was supposed to come out this march 3rd to april 10th only a month but like still like yeah. We've talked about what happens when yeah. you only delay a game a month. <laughs> and then you have Avengers. Um, the they're, they're also making an Avengers game. That's also delayed oh, for like yeah. September or something like that. An mm. Avengers game? Yeah. It, we talked about this odd. very yeah. briefly on an episode. Oh, we did? But Vaguely. From, from what I understand, okay. people aren't really that upset about it. Like People are like, just make the game good. Does anyone even care about the Avengers game? Yeah, I was about Avengers to say, how game? can you be upset when it's an well, Avengers game? The Avengers game. fans are fine about oh, it. You know? yeah. I don't care about the Avengers game myself. Final Fantasy VII, though, all the fans are like, you know what, just make it good. Because there's a lot of expectation for this game. Yeah. And I think the like the people who grew up with it, like I, I played seven when I was ten and I loved it. And seeing You were what, three years too old. Yeah, three years too old. But seeing it um being remastered and it looks that good and it really matches the same feel. Um, I just want it to be good. So I'm okay waiting a month personally. Yeah. yeah. Um but what's weird is though, um speaking of that, they're really close to being done for sure. I'm I'm really confident because people there's this playstation site that keeps track of like what comes onto the site um between the data that goes through it they found a demo for the game and then hackers got the demo download early so people, so people have been playing the demo now and it looks good it, everyone people really? are loving it i mean i don't have access because i have the hack ps4 right but people are loving it so i'm like okay if this game needs to be delayed a month I'm fine with that. Yep. I'm oh, yeah. So, I mean, if, this it, is if what the we demo looks good. Yeah. If the yeah. demo looks good. Yeah. But to be fair, No Man's Sky had a demo. Oh, they no, showed what, a they demo did? clip of a pre-rendered planet, and they said they, this but you can planet play this wasn't one. pre-rendered. But you so can this play is a this playable game. one. This is a playable, de- playable demo. That's mm. a lot different. That's that different. is a lot That's different. Great. That is a lot different. It's good to hear. So I, I'm just hyped for these games coming out. It's going to be a crazy 
March. I mean, well, April now, March and April. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's well, going to be even crazier April, but then oh, Cyberpunk yeah. got delayed. Yeah. Uh, oh, well. Yeah. I right. hope it's a good game. Yep. But that's oh, and also the PS5 happened. They just said they had a logo show up at a conference, and that's, that's the logo's the PS5. been memed. It's it was a four, but now it's a five. That's it. So, yeah, yeah. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did we really expect anything else? New consoles are coming out. All yeah. that stuff. I mean, it's a car though. Uh, but there, yeah, the PS5 the is a car. Yeah. Oh wait, it, it, no, no, they is that had, a meme. Uh, yeah. After okay, no, after they showed the PS. Five logo. I think they showed a car. The Sony car. Uh, the Sony yeah, car. I'm like, CES. oh, cool. <laughs> Speaking of CES, Tad, you you have some CES news, right? I uh, I got some stuff. Some um, stuff. The big announcement right now, the big thing that everyone's hyped for, is actually the Ryzen 4000 uh, series chips. Oh yeah. And also X670 is scheduled for late 2020. And what this means is right now the big the granddaddy chipset for AMD is X570. In fact, I've been looking at X570 boards. Uh, and, um, <laughs> He's getting ready. So that's the big granddaddy for Ryzen 3rd Gen. Now, Ryzen 4th Gen was announced, Ryzen 4000 series chips. They're mainly APUs. They're actually probably going to be more than laptops uh, in, yep. in all-in-ones. Uh, and then also there are going to be some for desktop. So great for pre-builds. Not really something I'm going to recommend for a custom rig. Um but with this new processor is going to be this new X670 chipset, and that's going to allow better overclocking, a couple other things. Uh, X570 has support for onboard uh, Wi-Fi 6, Bluetooth 5, um, and gigabit Ethernet. Um, yeah. It might even be 10 or 100 gigabit Ethernet. Uh, like, you have a lot of stuff already on X570. So the improvements that are going to be made with X670 uh, are going to be even better. And that's literally this fall. Like, it's scheduled for 2020. Wow. So... We've been seeing Intel get the crap beaten out of them for so long now. And now that they've announced this, I think this is going to be the turning point where Intel kind of throws in the towel, says we need really? to mm-hmm. we need to redesign our entire brand because they're not going to survive like this. Intel just released its new uh, dedicated graphics card. Um, yeah. They didn't release it. They announced it. Wasn't that lame? It's um, pretty bad. They, so Yeah. It's just like integrated graphics on a card right so the main idea behind this graphics card is that it's going to be a companion card for integrated graphics i believe there's still a bunch of rumors it's so hard to sift through the intel rumors there was this one picture a fan drew of a graphics card that had the intel logo on it and then some person saw that sent it to some other person and it ended up on like the front page articles and stuff like that of the release leaked intel graphics card i mean nice the leaks and rumors are so hard to sift through with the Intel graphics card. That's why I didn't really plan on talking about it today. But the best rumors that I know of so far are that it's actually a companion card for integrated graphics. So let's say you have a desktop right now with an Intel processor with integrated graphics on it. And I obviously we can't game on integrated graphics. But you don't want garbage. You don't want to go out and spend money on an actual graphics card, uh, drop $400 and all that. And who would want to do that? So <laughs> what you want to do is you would actually rather buy this $100 graphics card, slide it in there and it offloads most of that work from the integrated graphics onto that graphics card and they work in a team. Uh, and it so it makes your integrated graphics better with air quotes. So it's uh, like SLI, hmm. kind of. Uh, it's not really SLI. It's more just adding more meat to that chip. Okay. Um, 
So it gives it its own PCB, its own power and stuff like that. Uh, and by doing that, it's kind of like half a graphics card. You're still very much so using huh. the integrated graphics, but you're offloading more of the workflow to the card, and that allows you to get much higher frame rates. So it's like a cheap upgrade to an integrated graphics that you already have. So it's like your budget option if you want to get a graphics card, but you don't have a lot of money, so you just buy an Intel GPU. Play some. I wouldn't recommend it for white box builds, but if you already have a computer with integrated graphics and you want more frame rate, you know, you want it to be better, it's a decent option that way. Turn that low okay. to medium on legal legends. As fa- exactly. <laughs> yeah. As far as being a decent option, we don't know pricing yet. We know it's going to be kind of around $100. Uh, we don't know a lot of things about it, so it's still very much up in the air. Like I said, the rumors are so hard to sift yeah. through that I was just going to give it another week for more rumors to kind of die down. Um, we'll figure out what's there uh, because Intel really hasn't talked too much about it. They talked about it at CES a little bit, but hmm, not, ready not much that I've heard of. Oh, so I got a question about the AMD stuff. Yeah. So are they like, is this from my perspective, since I don't know everything about this, is this like pushing the envelope for portable devices or definitely? I, I feel like, like Intel's just been holding us back at this point. Yeah. It, it, Intel has been holding us back because they're already working on three generations ahead at the laboratories, right? They yeah. already know everything. And so they schedule these releases for what's best for the market, uh, and so they can maximize their profits. So when you have no competition, you can hold back and sell these crappy processors all day long and then come out with something just a little bit better and have people buy those. Mm. But now that AMD is just smacking them down with, you could, for like 350 bucks, you can get eight cores and like four gigahertz and run any game you want. That's good. (laughs) It's so amazing. The prices are insane right now with AMD in the league. And so Intel's now having to rush those processors through and really improve their technology because they've just been sitting on their hands on these processors for so long because they don't have to. They don't have any competition. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Ryzen 4000 series is really going to push the envelope, not for desktop processing or white box uh, computers, but um, for mobile chips and stuff like that which is i think and we need to move forward to so yeah that's awesome. and so in that's just another part of intel that's getting knocked back into the corner so it's great i can't wait yeah. to see it team red yeah team red so, yeah no i'm really excited Man, i remember it. when i first built my um desktop and i got a team red graphics card and everyone was bullying me for getting Team Red. <laughs> I was, like, I was well, bullying you. And I'm like, well, at least I didn't get a Team Red CPU. Yeah. And, and, and Tad, you were like, oh, yeah, I guess that's fair. Yep, I used to but be now, such an Intel fanboy. Yeah, but now here we are. Team Red has the better CPUs. Yeah. Get you a Ryzen 3rd Gen and, uh, and an NVIDIA graphics card, and you're probably going to be overpaying for that NVIDIA graphics card. But oh, if we can see AMD, be. if we can see AMD start knocking NVIDIA back That's in the place, was, yeah. can you it's Im- going to be a good year. Dude, can you imagine AMD just becoming the dominant you know, computer, you know, GPU, CPU company? Apple has announced there? that they're most likely going to switch from Intel. Oh, thank God. Ooh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't even like Apple, but like... Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to switch from Intel, uh, and it sounds like they're going to go toward an IBM chip. I don't know too much about it. Mm. Oh, okay. But the fact that they're... It, it, Apple has been such a steady, easy customer for Intel. Yeah. Yeah. That now that Intel lost like half of their market share, yeah. and it's be- <laughs> the other half of their market share is just being beaten back by Ryzen. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's 
beautiful. I'm so happy. So uh, hopefully we'll see Intel uh, start to really drop their prices, really make it competitive. Because Intel is a competitive company. Intel could easily roast AMD if they would just learn how to drop the prices and yeah. fire their PR person for that um, 10980XE release. That was stupid. The huh. midnight before the Ryzen Threadripper. Anyway, that was that was a couple weeks ago. Uh, we talked about that on the podcast. But if we could just get Intel to kind of restructure their brand, restructure their business... Yeah, they'd Intel be could amazing. Be competitive. Good competition for everyone. You know, I can't remember us, so. who, what her name is, but the current CEO of AMD is also like awesome. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's like super always cool. on the presentations, right? Yeah, she's, she's like, always out there for the presentations. She's excited for the products, and she—you can tell that she believes in the products. Yeah, and yeah. she's equally as excited as I am about just beating Intel into a corner. I so, watched the ten-minute really like present, like ten-minute quick down presentation. Yes, I was like, wow, they're like excited. Like, yeah, she just definitely. Hold the chip up, it looks cool. It's yeah, like, they're wow. just—they're basically dabbing on Intel on that stage. It's great. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so that's great news. Uh, one of the other things that we've heard in the news lately, but not at CES, was about this EU. Decision to get rid of the lightning jack or the lightning port on iPhones. Ooh, EU. The EU is trying to, hear. to. Is it? Lightning is pretty bad. Lightning's I mean, pretty not, bad, but it's not the. I don't like the fact that the EU is saying this is how you have to make your computer. So, the EU <laughs> is currently trying to talk with lawmakers about creating a law to standardize the ports on. Uh, it's mainly targeted towards Apple devices, I'm going to be honest. Really? Okay. Um, to get rid of the lightning, uh, stuff like that. So you have to use mini USB, like on older phones, older okay. Androids, or USB Type-C, which is the new thing. Please. Type-C is great. It's awesome. Type-C is fantastic. It. I would love it if they would do this themselves. But yeah. And we're not getting political, but we are getting political. Uh, is this a government job is really the no. question that I've been asking. This is not. This is, is not is a this, government job. Should, they shouldn't regulate this. Yeah, no, yeah. this is this is Apple's decision. And the thing is, Apple knows that by you buying an Apple product, you're indoctrinating yourself into the Apple ecosystem or you're going to hate it. So yes, yep. most people are going to indoctrinate them to the system. But if you decide not to, you're going to hate it because nothing works with anything. And that loses them market share. But if you can get people to jump into the ecosystem, then they're going to buy the MacBook, the Mac... Um, that new twenty thousand dollar Mac or forty thousand dollar oh Mac. the cheese grater yeah the cheese oh, grater uh, the four the one thousand dollar monitor stand a bunch of other stuff they know that by indoctrinating people into their products that they sell more products and so yeah. sitting here trying to limit this is going to severely hurt the way Apple looks at the EU and I don't expect Apple to pull out of the EU I expect them to find a quick fix a little adapter board that they can just solder on to the current PCB that's there for, you know, that'll make it USB type C and be done with it. But the fact that the EU is trying to step in and tell us how to make our electronics. That's scary. Is really scary. And that's just going to really hurt how Apple does business. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. weird. Here's the other thing. Are we trusting some old dude in parliament to make the decision on whether we should do micro USB or USB type C. That's like, those are like, those are compar- that's a weird comparison. Right we're there. not, but if we were to, it would be a bad decision. No, what they're probably going to do is they're probably going to hire someone from Motorola to decide what the new standard should be or hire some industry expert from whatever company expert to decide what the new standard should be. And that expert will totally definitely not choose the standard that best suits their company and best hurts their competition. 
Like, do exactly. we really? There's a. It's a lose lose no matter who they decide to use. And so I'm just really concerned about the fact that the EU Parliament thinks that this is their game to That's play. That's so weird. Well, you should be letting companies do whatever they want with their products because yeah. they're hurting themselves by making things proprietary, but they're also helping their businesses, which makes their business flourish. Come on, Apple. So Come on. I love please. the idea of standardizing stuff, but forcing it by law is just going to hurt the entire business side of that, and I don't think they understand that. Yeah. Forcing Apple to do the R&D for this is going to hurt Apple. Um, Apple knows what it's doing. Apple knows how it hurts them. So Apple can make that decision. So that's yeah. really, that's, that's my soapbox for the day. And that just shows you that how much, how indoctrinated everyone is into Apple too. Yes. Like they want, oh, we just want things different for Apple. And like, it's dude, very purposeful. Dude, like <laughs> get something better. I'm sorry, but yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, like I said, I'd love to see uh, standardization of ports, we, but we know it's not the government's job to yeah. do that. We know um, they can do it though, because oh, like the Apple yeah. iPad Pro has already has the USB C on it. Yeah, no, that's not the issue. But it's just uh, like it's like they're choosing on. not to, yeah, they're choosing to, not to. It's just... create a proprietary. But that's why we have proprietary everything. Like there are proprietaries in every single industry, and there are reasons for those proprietaries. They're purely for business, and that's not really the government's job to regulate proprietaries unless it's harming the customer. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was, that was one of the big things, but that that's my soapbox for the day. The only other topic I had was uh, this funny uh, tweet from Cooler Master. Uh, Cooler Master said that it's sick of tell of having to tell parents that their kids are using drugs yes. because the thermal compound is in a syringe that you put down on the processor before you put the yep. cooler in. It's just yep. a syringe of this paste that you squeeze out and then yep. you put the thing on yeah. it. And so this new concept has come out for... Uh, wide syringes. This really wide syringe. I I've been trying to find a picture of it forever. There we go. These new wide syringes <laughs> to put. We on. will upload a picture of them to our Instagram. So, yeah, That's we'll put funny. it on the Instagram. Oh it's pretty God. funny. You can look on the Cooler Master Twitter as well. But this new like spatula to spread out the thermal compound. Yeah. Um, funny. I actually <laughs> don't even think this is real. To be honest, I think it's I, a yeah. joke. But it's hilarious. But I think it's hilarious yeah, anyway, and I funny. love Cooler Master yeah, for I, it. I saw this tweet on my Twitter, uh, and it's you know it read out, uh, "We're tired of having to tell parents that their kids aren't using drugs," you know, <laughs> and and it's the picture of you know this. It I thought it was funny, so I showed Tad, and now it's on the show. Yeah, well, I I saw it in the um in my news sources as well, and I follow Cooler Master, so it like took yeah. off. People think it's real. I don't think it's actually I real. I doubt it. If it is, it's not because drugs. Yeah. It's because it's a new way to put on the thermal. But I think, I think it's funny either way. I think it so. might you might end up uh, accidentally putting on like too much thermal paste with that. You'll so. definitely end up accidentally putting on too much. It's definitely bad. I would much rather just stick with the syringe. But I think it's funny either way. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's the tech news for today. That's the tech news right. for today. That's been the console news for today. That's been the PC news for today. But ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into our favorite segment of all time. What games have we been playing? Jared, what have yeah. you been playing? Um, let's see. Well, I played... I, over. Well, I'm going to talk about Break because yeah. um, that's where I really started playing more things. Uh, over Break, I, I finished Castlevania Symphony of the Night. It's really great. Um, I love that game. I, I beat uh, Persona 3. That took forever. That was great. I beat a lot of games like that. That and uh, um, I started Shaq Fu. Have you heard of that game? Never heard of it. Shaq Fu. Shaq Fu. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. 
Oh my gosh, that's so bad. I got it for five dollars off of Amazon. Nice. Um, and I got free good price. the free DLC actually, for it yeah. too, so it was pretty nice. The Brock food DLC. So, awesome. um, yeah, I've been playing. That's what I've been playing recently. <laughs> okay. I'm trying my best to beat. I can't. It's okay. so bad. Tad, what's up? I haven't played a video game in like a month, other than Overwatch. So, yeah. what I've been playing with recently are Arduinos. That's kind of been my little thing. I've been playing with Arduinos and Raspberry Pis, electronics uh, sorts. Um, working on a couple projects I can't really talk about on the podcast. But what uh, is it rated? Like it's rated M. Oh, Don't tell my mom. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, call your mom. Yeah. So working on a handful of projects that involve those that I'd like to talk about at some point, um, but can't talk about right now. So uh, yeah, that's something to look forward to. Cool. I uh, I'm also gonna go back to break um, because I th- a game I played quite a bit over break was the Master Chief Collection. Right, I played a lot of Reach. I love Halo Reach. Um, <laughs> I beat the story on normal, just trying to run through it. Game feels good. So much fun to play. Um, honestly, I'm just hyped for Combat uh, Combat Evolved coming out. Do we know when? Uh, no, we don't yet. But um, the game I've been playing a lot recently that I want to talk about isn't halo combat evolved but it is halo ce it's called halo cursed edition oh god so um halo cursed edition is a mod for halo custom edition which is a a little um, mod for another mod (laughs) yeah custom edition is essentially like if you have a you know if you have a halo combat evolved you can download halo custom edition and it adds you know easier mod support you know so it's like a mod loader basically okay um and so i got uh, Cursed Edition. It is so much fun. Everything is just wonky and backwards and goofy oh and weird, and it is so much funny. So much funny. So much funny. It's so <laughs> funny. It's so funny. So much fun. I love the game. I recommend it. Um, if you love memes, I definitely recommend it. <laughs> if you prefer serious gameplay, just play Combat Evolved. And also, if you are faint of heart, definitely do not play it. Because it is a wacky game. Oh, no. <laughs> a wacky game? Speaking of wacky games, for the first time ever, the three of us played a game together. Yeah, that was yeah. fun. That was yeah. fun. That was great. We played a game called Mixtapes. Um, it's a little card game in which you're given you know, this deck of cards, and each card has a prompt. And then each player then has to you know, draw a card on their turn. They read the card aloud, and then they, along with all of the other players, are going to play a song. And then everyone's going to vote. Um, for whoever's song represented that prompt best, and whoever gets the most votes gets the card. Really simple. And then you just play to seven or ten or whatever, whatever you, you want to play yeah. to. It's really, that would be a really fun group game, but it does take, take a, a long, long time. time. It, it does like take two some hours, time. Um, it, did, it took us like two hours. Um, to be fair, it to took get us to seven. To get to seven, yeah. but we um, we didn't have one person like dominating. We were all pretty much, yeah. apart from like me, seven, we were six, all pretty Yeah. Yeah, it was seven, six, five. Actually, oh. I got up to five. Um, I like how I we played it, where we, you know, doubled up. That was good. Yeah, yeah. So I think that helped out a lot. Yeah. It makes things go faster, which is yeah. good for that game. Because, like you have to play a song every time card. So like, you do. are you talking about when we tie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. when exactly. we tie, it's double or nothing. Yeah, yep. that, that's nice. It just takes some time because when you pick that song and you get to find a song and then play it, it mm-hmm. just takes a little bit. So yeah, but it was really fun. It's yeah, a good really party fun. game. I want to play. It's a it lot again. of fun. Very good party game. Um, I would recommend it. You could probably find it at like Target 
or a game store or something. Probably find a like just a PDF of it on yeah, online. It's, it's oh, a pretty, really? okay. it's Probably. a pretty cheap, pretty cheap easy game. There's a lot um, of cards though. There are a lot oh of my cards. Gosh. Uh, that's one of the things. But I definitely recommend it. It's a fantastic party game, especially if you like music. Um, I played it once before with another group of my friends. Um, we played with five players, and it actually didn't take as long. But, you know, the, the game time's pretty variable. Yeah. It depends yeah. on how quickly you find your songs. It depends on... How long you play the song. How long you That's play the true, song. Yeah. So. Uh, we played our songs for about 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, Once we really liked it, we're like, okay. Yeah. Unless Jim. we really liked it, then we were just vibing. Yeah. So. so anyway, folks, this has been the Player 3 Podcast, episode one of season Two. Season two, baby. It has been a pleasure having you all with us. Follow us on Instagram at Player3Podcast. Our first post is going to be going up just a little bit after I, we finish recording this episode. And we'll probably try to put a post up uh, once the episode gets launched. So you can expect to see that from us. We'll be having a logo here pretty soon. Thank you all for yeah, listening. I almost said thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. I've been Blake. I've been Jared. And I'm still Tad. See you all next time. See you. Hey, still Tad. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.